What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Yes, welcome into another edition of the Ballsy Podcast as we talk about our favorite topic here in DFW, the Dallas Football Cowboys. And some breaking news as we record this on a Tuesday morning. Tony Romo stepping away from the game as he has decided to go into the broadcasting booth and add to his legacy that way. Hey, I'm Sean Bass of Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM The Ticket, and I'm with the hosts of this podcast and studio. That would be Kevin Sherrington and Evan Grant. And on our phone line right now, it is Barry Horn, Barry I'm sure this has been a very busy morning for you. Yes, but at the top of my mind right now is I'd like to know, is, are you Sean sitting in my seat or is Evan sitting in my seat? No, Evan, Evan is he's in your chair. I'm in the seat I was in last week, which I don't know who sits here. And Kevin, Kevin is flanking uh, Evan to his left. Good, okay. Barry, way to bring in the podcast and, and bring it right down. Bring it down to yeah, your level. Good job. Uh, I do want to uh, break a little bit of – news here um tony romo has signed a deal he will be joining our podcast on Whoa. a regular basis Whoa. this fall that's great isn't it okay bad joke is he, will he be making evan grant money <laughs> i don't know barry you tell us what is the deal we're hearing that tony romo has signed with cbs and will be their number one analyst alongside I jim think, nance i think that's incorrect i think i think he will be in the studio really uh He'll be part of the studio, I believe, at least to start out. Yeah, let, and, let, and, uh, you know, I was just going to ask you, end, that. go over for us how that works. In other words, you don't just jump right into the analyst seat, uh, generally speaking. Did you do a little apprenticeship on in the studio? Well, you, you do an apprenticeship, apprenticeship somewhere. You do an apprenticeship. Troy Aikman did not start on the A-team at Fox. He started in a three-minute – if you remember, he actually started in NFL Europe, and then when – when he, when he started on NFL games, he started in a three-man booth and worked his way in. It, it, it would be cruel and inhuman treatment of Tony Romo to put him in the lead booth, the A booth, right now on CBS. But wouldn't it be an upgrade over Phil Simms, who, God love him, he has his crutches, and there's many, especially many fans here in Dallas, well, that have, have issues with his call with Nance. As good as Nance Sean, is, Sean, look, you, you, you I'm just calling it as I see that. it. No, no, you, you wouldn't know he would be an upgrade. You know, sometimes the camera goes on and your personality doesn't translate. How do they know he can speak in sound bites, that he, that he won't go on and on and on? Well, I mean, <laughs> we know that Romo can talent. speak in sound bites. We have a firsthand account of that over the past 11 years. And he's not yeah. going to be Joe Montana, who was terrible when he went to the NBC booth. Romo has personality and at least some level of, you know, but, public but persona. And Nance. Absolutely, but that, that doesn't always translate this is correct uh, we want to get we we want to get into this with you but let's face facts here jim nance hates phil sims 
Okay, that was pretty evident on broadcast towards the end of this year. So, uh, in terms of chemistry, there might be an upgrade. But enough about that, Barry. What do you think of Tony Romo, the broadcaster? This is I I I don't know. I don't know because I've never seen the side of Tony Romo that TV executives say exists. uh, That that he's this witty, bright, quick guy that will translate, you know, easily, make, make the transformation easily into the booth. But wouldn't you, you know, assume, this, wouldn't you assume well, we, with him being a quarterback and having just that knowledge of the game that he could sit down day one, even if it was with a, a lesser-tier broadcast, that he could easily just, just meat and potatoes go over football? And, and, you know, personality aside, he could probably execute that right now. Uh, Johnny Unitas went into the booth. He was awful. Bart Starr went into the booth. He was awful. Joe Montana went, uh, I think, believe he went into a studio. He was yeah, awful. Yeah, was really bad. Uh, so there's, there's no guarantee in this. Barry, and I look, think, you know, to, to take a guy and throw him in to a lead booth would be inhumane. Uh, and, and I don't disagree with you on that. I don't disagree with you. But let me ask you this. Did you see any of those aspects of Troy's personality come out when no. he was playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? No. No, and and that and that's why I have to believe the people who talked to them, who talked to Troy, they knew they said when they met Troy and talked to Troy away from Valley what was then Valley Ranch, he was a different guy. And and this, and there's a famous story that when Troy was doing NFL Europe games, uh, his first NFL Europe game, Ed Gorin, who was the uh, executive producer who hired him and sent him over there, was, was sitting in, in the broadcast center in New York when he heard Aikman do the game, and he, he said, oh, my God, who's that on the air? He, he was surprised how good Troy Aikman was on the air. Even he, but he didn't expect him to be that good. Let, let me ask, because here's some, my observation about the two of them, uh, is that I can remember back, you know, you would go and in, 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 uh, into the Cowboys locker room in the early 90s, and, of course, Aikman was always available. Not, not you know, for the entire time, but, that, but there would be a, a, a time slot. There weren't that, designated. He didn't talk one day a week. No, right? no, no, not one day a week. He'd be there most days of the week, and that was kind of the rule was that Emmett would come out, he would come out. You could always count on the big three uh, being out there at some point, and you know, even though he would seem a little bored by it, he would still stand around and talk uh, afterwards as well. Uh, I never saw any of that in Tony Romo. Uh, he was to me. No, he's, he's, we we have no. I have no idea who Tony Romo is personally. I, I agree, but the rules have changed, and, and the league has changed. And, and you're talking about ancient history when you used to go out there. Uh, that was a long time. That, that was a long time ago, but it, it's changed. Now everybody, all the stars in the NFL, talk one day a week. But when they that's, talk, that's, when they talk, they that's part of my point here is that when Tony talked, he always sat in his at his uh, front of his locker, didn't stand up. It was difficult to right. get to him. He was like, "I'm doing everything possible to make this difficult on you," and and so to me, it, it seemed like uh, he disliked it so much that I just have a hard time seeing him liking sitting in a studio or in a broadcast and have a nice little palsy relationship with his partner. Sean, did you have to... Wait, 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 wait. Kevin, also understand this. When you were there talking to Troy back in in the 1990s, there weren't a lot... There wasn't... The demand for his time wasn't as great. There weren't 500 cameras there, right? 
now there's, and it was the morning news, the Times Herald, the Star Telegraph, maybe the local TV stations. That was it. And but he wasn't doing one on ones, though. I mean, he did a couple. I mean, no, I, but the atmosphere has changed greatly, and the rules have yeah. changed greatly, and he the makeup of the league has. He wasn't it, surrounded. It's, it's crazy out there now. Yeah. It, and Sean. <laughs> it's a zoo. You're right. I, I mean, what is it? What is it like when you've been out there? I haven't had to go out there as much as I have in years past, but whenever they open up the locker room, whether it was at Valley Ranch or now at the Star, uh, it's it's designated by certain players on certain days, and it's never announced who's going to talk on a given day. But typically, as the week goes, Des Bryant talks on you know Tuesday or Wednesday, Romo on Wednesday or Thursday, and so on and so, and so forth. And Dak right. Prescott would usually speak on Wednesday, uh, as he's now the starting quarterback of America's team. It's Barry's absolutely right. It's a frenzy. You're jockeying for position. Uh, you want to give the as somebody that works on the electronic side of the media, you want to give the writers the uh, the forum to get their questions so they can write their articles and meet their deadlines. And it's it's a lot more of a formal uh, setup than it used to be. Even before I was in the industry, I would imagine the only thing I I wonder is. Are we so sure that he's just going to be stuck in a studio somewhere and not in a booth? Because, and again, this is Podcastville, which you know we're recording this, uh, and by the time you hear it, details could be totally different. But John Aurend right. of the Sports Business Journal reported today uh, that it's still undetermined what Sims' role is going to be with CBS. And then Schefter, as of, uh, within the past hours, we record this, said that Romo's in line to be with Nance in Super Bowl Fifty Three in Atlanta. And, That's crazy. And it, I, I'm curious if you've heard anything different, or should we be trusting some of these sources that seem pretty legit? No, I, I, I would say he's, he is in line to be with Nance in, in Super Bowl 53. Super Bowl 53 is not this season, correct? So uh, We just this, had 51. Correct. Right. So, so this, it's a, I, I think he may, maybe he'll do a little studio. I don't think he'll be, maybe he'll be a third man in the booth one week with uh, uh, Nance and Sims. But the immediate—they're not paying him, and they're bringing him on to keep him in the studio. My question is this: start. My question is this: with the NFL Network having their Thursday night game in conjunction with uh, CBS, will that be an opportunity where maybe no. Nance and Sims calls the Sunday game, and then Romo and Nance calls the Thursday, the Thursday. game? I was told if I write that, I'd be totally wrong. Really? Okay. And I, it, the one thing I saw in the original Sports Business Journal report, and I know that this is all going to be dated by sure, the time people sure. listen, but that there was there was some thought that you didn't want you didn't want Romo or Romo didn't want to go into this working on the Thursday night game and then Sunday in studio, and that would be that would be a lot for a guy in the first year. I, I, I do I do think that if they're grooming him to replace Phil Sims or they're grooming him to be a number one analyst. There's the opportunity this year to get him some studio work so he sees the prep that goes in to, you know, knowing the league on, on, on that informational basis, not on the game planning basis, but on an informational basis. And he has to have a background of knowing what the main play-by-play combo will do as far as their preparation goes because oftentimes they interview key players like Tony Romo, so he's probably very familiar with that side of it. That part of it, yeah. I mean, when, when, the, when the play-by-play group or the studio hosts come in and do the sit-downs. I'm, I'm sure he's familiar with that. And I'm, I'm sure Rich Dalrymple is going to, at some point in time here, give him some background on how uh, how the whole environment works. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he talks to Troy at some point. And let's keep in mind, she was never well, at a big network, but he's married to a TV personality who probably has all kinds of insight Correct. that uh, yeah. most of our spouses don't have.
Yeah. But I do, well, I, I do think that there's going to be opportunity in this first year. I guess what my point is, I would not be surprised if there's an opportunity for him this first year to do some studio work, but also get some exposure on analyst work. Because if you are trying to ramp the guy up to be your number one analyst for next year and for the Super Bowl, I think you want to also get him in the booth and get him that, that prep feel, too. Evan, I, I agree with you. I think you used the, the right word in grooming. Uh, you know, he, it's almost like an internship. He might do you know a little of this, a little of that, a little of some some other things. But also keep in mind this: as as a professional broadcaster, you have people screaming and talking into your ear while you're talking during a game. He's got to get used to to something like that as well. Barry, as a professional quarterback, you have people screaming and yelling at you across the line. And in your ear. In, in your ear, too. <laughs> um, all game. Yes, but, yes, you do, but it, it is, it's not. He, he's been, it's unnerving he, for he a lot of guys, there's no the doubt. He didn't, he didn't fall out of the sky and become a starting quarterback either in the NFL. Correct. It took, it took years for him to get there. And I'm just saying, if they, if they put him in with Nance immediately in the booth, that would be asking too much of him, and it's a recipe for disaster. I, I, I do think the, that the point there would be that you wouldn't be setting him up for, for long-term success that way. I, I think it would make him look bad initially or make him look potentially unprepared, um, and, and you could have a situation that develops where people's reaction to him is, is unfavorable. Well, guys, if we could, could we just turn this into how this decision came about? And Kevin, Evan, Barry, you know as well as I do that it seemed like just – with the video that was released less than a month ago, Bob Dylan playing in the background, talking about such a weird time, and everybody just assumed, and it was widely reported that he was going to be released, and then uh, the Texans make a trade of Brock Osweiler, and all these dominoes are falling. It seemed like it was set up for Romo to continue his career, even as of soon of soon as yesterday, when Jerry Jones puts it out there that other teams can contact uh, the Cowboys or Romo's representation to you know get a physical, have a workout, whatnot. Do you think that was such a big slap in the face, just what Jerry did there recently, that Romo said, you know what, I don't need to be, you know, ha- have some market drummed up for me by my o- owner acting like he's doing me a favor. And he said, screw it, I'm just going to be healthy, be a dad of three, and not get my butt kicked anymore and go make, make millions as a broadcaster. Yeah, I-, I think this is the thing that surprises me. I'm shocked that he's made this decision. I was certain he wanted to still play. Because of the, the uh, you know, the speech he made during the season when he conceded to Dak, it was clear he still wanted to play. And then reports of him wanting to battle Dak Prescott for the starting job once he was healthy, and that never came about, which, of course, has caused what we assume is friction between he and Jason Garrett, which has been written about quite a bit. Yes, and so uh, to me, the, 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 I, I realize that, of course, he's about to become a father again uh, this summer, I believe, and, and, uh, and so he would want to be close to home. But what was a more ideal situation than the Texans? You're just down the road. They got a great defense. They need a quarterback. It just seemed like the ideal situation for him. I have to believe he got some indication that the Texans were not crazy about him uh, doing this. All right, two things here. One, Barry's phone is going crazy. (laughs) Um, Can I? Do do you need to be excused, Barry? Can I throw something in here? Go ahead. Okay, for, for taking the TV job now. You've got to strike while you're hot in the TV business. Next, what if next year Peyton Manning decides, you know what, I want to be a, a broadcaster? Yes. And then that, where, where, where does that leave Tony Romo? What if Tom Brady retired and said, 
I want to be a broadcaster. Right. There's only one prime seat there that's available. Only one Thank you, number one analyst. So that gives credence to the fact that they, that it probably he probably is going to go on with with Jim Nance. That, that that's what they promised him. Or that that's the well, plan. Well, no, 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 no. But but those other guys too would have you cannot maybe Manning can. But, but I don't think the others. You just cannot walk in and say, "Hey, I'm here. I'm I'm ready to be the number one guy." It takes train. Kevin, you don't come out of school and become a, a lead columnist for the paper. These days, yes, you do. Oh, you're right. (laughs) But you don't have to be a politician to be president anymore. We've seen that. We've seen that. There you go. (laughs) Good point. Excellent point. Um, And and I do think that that to some some degree, there is a theory, whether it's sports broadcasting or our industry or, you know, as as Sean just said, politics. At this point in time, the idea of training and moving up the ladder and that, that kind of steady, slow progression, I don't know that that exists so much anymore. And I do think that there is some... some it does for certain people, but when you're on the level of Tony Romo or... When you've got the it, buzz that Tony Romo Or has, if you're a big hitter in whatever field you're in, then sometimes the rules don't apply. Absolutely. And, and CBS may say, okay, we're, we're investing three years and a lot of million, a, a lot of million, a lot of money in this, and... Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to maximize it. And if it's not good after three years, then Peyton Manning or Tom Brady might be available, and we might go in that direction. Well, how many but, how many horses is Romo getting in this deal? Because I feel like that's a new negotiating tool is. that we've seen. It is no, no question about it. Um, Whole herd. I, I don't know what the the standard number of horses is in a broadcasting deal is now. Yeah, I, I do. I, I would bet this, and I think you guys alluded to this this morning, Sean, mm. that. Um, I would bet he gets a trip to Augusta out of this and probably a visit to the Tower maybe this weekend with Jim Nance. Schefter did tweet that he, at some point, if he's working with CBS, could work in some golf. And, of course, a golf broadcast has many voices, and Tony could be one of those, which seems a little weird, but he is a pretty good golfer. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I I think there's no question that CBS will introduce him at the match. He will be be at Augusta this weekend. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, oh, and our guest now is Tony Romo. How about a presser at Butler but, Cabin? But, but, but whether, you know, the, the Masters He's broadcast is different. Yeah. Is different. What, uh, uh, Barry, let, let's talk about the, the, the quarterbacks because here, Phil, I'm sure Phil Simms is going to say, listen, I got two Super Bowl rings and Tony Romo's got none. How many, how many quarterbacks who have gone on to the broadcast booth were guys who were wildly successful on the field? I mean, Dan, and, and became wildly successful in the booth. Right. I mean, Dan Fouts uh, has done it. He never won a Super Bowl. No. Um, no, but 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 you know, he was in the Monday Night booth. But he he's been downgraded over the years. Correct? Right. That's correct. Yeah. But I do think, in some regards, you've gone now. You know, you kind of went through a phase where it was where coaches were in vogue, where ex coaches yeah. were in vogue. Sure. And now it has become, you know, the just retired player, the quarterback, the star player, and and. and so I think again we're in kind of a new phase. There have been quarterbacks on previous. Look, look at Dandy Don Meredith back in the day, yeah. but but he was more of a comedic relief in that yes. booth. And I doubt. I mean, who knows? Maybe Tony could provide that, but I don't see that. No, but everybody knew that about Meredith. Sure, you know, players loved him, and the media loved him, and he was he was funny and he was terrific. So, and I mean, Bradshaw's Bradshaw on the studio now is basically comedic relief. If anybody not, needs to retire, you know, he's, he's not bringing. It's not like he's bringing a game analysts. No, he can uh, barely get through highlights. <laughs> see, I just can't think of Sean that Bass many, with a hot sports well, opinion. I can't, I can't think of that many guys that uh, off the top of my head that have. Uh, 
you know, were made it. Well, I guess a lot of them, especially lately, the feeling is like I've already made a lot Bob of money. Bob Greasy, what I want to do, but yeah. did, Bob Greasy did college football. Yeah, um, he won a got, Super Bowl. You know, you Jesse got, Palmer. He was Jesse also Palmer, on The Bachelor. Yeah. Bird Street. Really, the king is is Troy Aikman. He's the, he, he's, oh, yeah. he's not only maybe the best analyst as far as football goes now, but as far as skins on the wall, yeah, it, it, it's hard to match what Troy's. Doing. I I think yeah, if, if you go across the board in 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 professional sports, um, I'd have to I'd have to suggest that that Troy Aikman is the best analyst in the game in in in, in professional sports. Wow, I don't know. I have to well, think about that for a minute. You you might want to tap the brakes on something there. ESPN's lead NFL analyst is a former coach. NBC's lead uh, NFL analyst is a, is a wide receiver, former wide receiver. So it's 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 not only former quarterbacks who who get the yeah. Uh, no, I think these are. I think the quarterback issue is just kind of hot right now. Did did Collinsworth serve a long apprenticeship? Yeah. yeah he, he, well, you, you, you know, Collinsworth worked with Aikman at Fox. They were they were part of a three man booth. But Collinsworth's start was on HBO's weekly. Well, show, he did NBC it? Notre Dame games for a while. Did he? Right. Yeah. But Collinsworth's NFL start was in a three-man booth with Aikman huh. on Fox. What about the HBO show that he did? Yeah, but we're talking about doing games. We're not talking about being in a studio. Talking about inside the uh, NFL. Yeah, and I and thought that's where he got his his, his broadcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. yeah, but but that's that that's a whole different ball game. Than being in a, a live booth in a game. I guess it begs the question, though, what was so unappealing about Houston? And I guess we don't know this answer. Did Houston really ha- have it out to have Romo run their offense? I mean, if you look at it on paper, you would think, oh, Houston's a great you know situation to play. They've got a playmaker at receiver in Hopkins. They have uh, a decent young running back. They've got an awesome defense and a pass rush. But – Houston has the 18th graded out offensive line in pro football focus. It's not like you're going to like one of the three best offensive no. lines like he had in Dallas. And you're talking about a guy that's gone under back surgeries and broke his clavicle twice. I just think the physical toll, and he was even cited in the Sheffield report this morning with Todd Archer, that you know health was a seminal concern as far as the decision he made. But that's still surprising to me because athletes don't think that way. I mean, you, you see this all the time. Professional athletes – make the worst decisions about their careers because they'd love to play mm-hmm. and they want to keep playing and, I, and that's what maybe Or they want they, they they love to play, they love the they love the crowd, the camaraderie, um, they love their teammates, they love all of and that. And they love the, you know, they love the pursuit of championships, especially when you haven't gotten one. He didn't get one. He I think that Tony, I think it just reeked to me watching him make that speech in mid-season that my gosh, I could have had all this. I could have done what Dak is doing now and we'd be even better. I, I believe that's what he thought, and and I and to me for him to walk away from that and say, you know what, I'm going to give that all up forever. I have to believe that at some point he's leaving in the back of his mind the possibility that if I you know, if after another year if I don't like this, maybe I'll come back. That I, I, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. And there's conflicting reports because some people are saying he's retired, but. That paperwork hasn't been filed. I mean, the right. Cowboys are going to release him in order, order to get some cap room this offseason. So that door, I mean, hell, Aikman shared the story on the, the morning show on the ticket a few months back about how I want to say it was, the, it was either the Chargers or the Dolphins approached him two years after being in the Fox booth. 
So that door is definitely open for Romo. It would, happens all gather. the time. That's what happened. It happened with Meredith. Meredith went back and tried to get his job back, and and Tex Ram told him no. So yeah, they, I just think this kind of stuff happens. Did all he the say time. the party's over? He said the party's over. <laughs> he started singing. That's where that's where Danny got that from. Uh, but I just I just feel like that this is uh, a, a decision to me that he is doing with some amount of regret, and that there is a feeling like okay, I'm resigned to this, uh, but I'm not. I'm, committed. I, I'm not committed. I'm not even sure I'm at peace. It's, it's, to me, it's not the same thing as Peyton Manning. When, when Peyton Manning quit, he clearly was done. You know, the neck issues that he had had reduced his arm strength so much. And he couldn't play that last year. Yeah. And he walked away with a, I was gonna say it helped away winning a, a ring. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, that helped a lot. And that's the thing about Romo. He's never sealed his legacy on the field. And I'm curious your thoughts on this, Barry. Did Romo say, okay, I look at Houston, who needs a quarterback, but you're also dealing with the Patriots. You also have a good Kansas City team, a good Pittsburgh team. The chances of them just even coming out of the AFC are relatively slim, even with all the, uh, the the situation he could have had there in Houston. Could he add to his legacy more as a household name in the broadcast booth? And do you think that you know history will smile on him more because of that? And when was that well, part you know, of his, his decision? It's, it's interesting because if you talk to Troy Aikman, and you guys, Troy Aikman will tell you, there's a whole generation of people, of young people now, who don't even know or don't, can't remember that he was a, a Super Bowl winning coach. To them, he is uh, quarterback. To them, to them, he is the guy on Fox. We just lost Barry. Oh no! Well, that was a good time to lose him, uh, frankly. <laughs> Because I was getting bored with him. <laughs> let's let's oh, wow. lose him. You guys are mean. I listen to this podcast quite a bit, and you guys, you don't even like waste a second to pull the knife out and shank everyone. Don't worry, Sean. Uh, we won't shank you for a while. I hope not. No, I mean, no. I, Kevin, let's let's get into a little of a little football here. Okay. Um. Football. So he's done. Troy, uh, Tony's done. He doesn't play anymore. Doesn't come back in in a year or so. What is the legacy? As a football player. Uh, I, I think he's, uh, to me, he is the most enigmatic quarterback in Cowboys history because you, you look at the guys, and, and of course, it's a, a part of the deal is, is that the Cowboys have had such an illustrious history of quarterbacks uh, almost from the beginning. You know, Meredith was, did not play right away, but he played not soon, uh, soon after the, the but uh, you franchise can, was You can connect the dots pretty quickly between Meredith to Staubach to Danny White to Aikman to Aikman. And and then to to, to eventually Roma. a Roman. There's a long history is going to treat him better than Danny White just because he he's going to be on TV. Yeah, and from that you know, standpoint, you're there, right. There's more recording of Romo's life and career on and off the field than there was back in the 70s and 80s when Danny White played. But White, even did, though White was a, did more yeah, and more successful, got him to NFC Championship games, and, and Tony never did that. But so, Danny White also came between, and in, you know, you look back now. Twenty years after the fact, I mean, Danny White. Danny White was in between, yeah, Captain America. Oh yeah, and Troy. Aikman. And by the yeah, way, I mean, Danny White, broadcaster. He's a uh, he radio radio for, color analyst for a long time. You go to Cowboys games, uh, and and there he is, just walking into the. Uh, the I believe he's with the Compass here. Media Group, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very odd. Um, but I just feel like that uh, there are fans out there who who love Tony and love what he did. Because uh, I, I will say this. Uh, if you look at the, and I think we always do this, the, the mistake we always make is we judge quarterbacks too much on how much they win. Um, and 
it was not a coincidence that Tony Romo's, I think it's Tim Kalashaw pointed out today in his column, he won his last Super Bowl not even halfway through his career. Uh, so he, you know, he hung around for a long time when the Cowboys were terrible, and he couldn't do anything about it either. And that, and that, and I've long said this about the, the difference between the two of those guys is that when that offensive line got really bad, yes, then then Troy looked terrible, yes, and he was a statue back there, and he couldn't get out of the way of the of the problems that they had. And then Tony comes along, and the fact that they have a terrible offensive line is not such a bad deal because of his abilities to squirrel out of situations and dip and dart. And all the things he was he the reason do. they were an eight and eight team many years because of his performance, absolutely, and his escapability, absolutely. But of course, the flip side of it was just as many times he'd make a great play, and this is what I think that fans get lost on. They see him make a play at the end of a game and go, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that." Well, I, my feeling was always that, I, yes, you're right about that, but I'm not sure they would have been in a position to win this game had it not been for Tony. Rome. The problem right. is where we live today. Sports is we're a society. Not just in sports, but in society, we're we base everything on a series of negative flashpoints. We can see good, and we understand good, and we understand you know what it takes to to be good and and do positive things in in any arena. But everybody holds on to those negative flashpoints, and God love him, Romo had the drop <laughs> snap on the hold in Seattle. He had a really bad interception on a Monday night game against Darrell Revis. You remember, obviously losing to the Giants in the postseason. Uh, the comments after forty-four to six against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it, it just mounts up, and that's what everybody remembers: those visuals and those sound bites. And it's it must be tough to be an athlete these days. Oh, know? absolutely, it is. And and, and you know, I I, I think that. Um, in the end, to me, Tony could have helped himself more. It, it wasn't uh, – there was so much of Tony, the, the swashbuckler, you know, who, who wanted to make things happen and he wanted to show everybody how good he was. And, and I also felt, always felt like Tony was never really on winning teams, you know, not, not in college, not with the Cowboys. Right. And so I, I think that there was a, a feeling on his part, I, I've got to do all this. I've got to do all the heavy lifting. And he, and he enjoyed it because he could do it. You know, if you had that ability to do that kind of thing, you know how that is. It's like watching Joey Gallo. Can you really get Joey Gallo to shorten up on that swing? Not when he's taking BP, and there was a ball that he hit yesterday that I thought was going to go out of the stadium in BP. He was going to win a free suit. Yes, he's going to win a free suit, absolutely. And I think that when you have that kind of capability, it's hard to put that aside a little bit and say, okay, I'm just going to do enough for us to win here. I'm not going to take chances. And, uh, and, and frankly, he had to take chances for so much of his career. And then, then we got toward the end, then all of a sudden – you know, as they got the running game up, as as they as they got Demarco Murray playing well, and they put the they put the game in his hands, just like they did this year. Uh, you know, with Dak Prescott, so they he he did that and he won. And for a while, listen, you know, you go back and you measure him against the legacy of Cowboy quarterbacks, and it always starts with the Super Bowls. But Staubach was a first round pick, correct? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I think he, they took him. You know, he was a late. Uh, they took him in because he, of the, the Navy, future. Because yeah. of the Navy thing. Right, right. Aikman was obviously a first round First pick, pick of the draft. The, or second pick. Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. Um, he's the, he's one of the best undrafted free agents, obviously in the history of the team, exactly. but in the, in the league. Yeah. In the league. Him and, and, and I, I mean, Kurt he, Warner jumped to mind. You know, he, yeah. he came pretty close to maximizing whatever potential it was that he had because he never, he never should have been a starting quarterback in the NFL. In is is as, as uh, I heard this morning, you know, he grabbed the opportunity, he seized it, 
and he made himself into an NFL quarterback. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. I also think he deserves a lot of credit because the guy did play through a lot of pain. The guy, well, sure, tough. I mean, Very everybody tough. worries about the bottom line and rings and trophies and all that, but he put up the best numbers in the history of the franchise. Granted, it's more of a passing league now, but you talk about him dealing with adversity as far as injuries. How about the adversity of just having the most unique culture of a front office and power structure and maybe all of sports and you got to give jerry and the the brain trust a little credit for the drafts they've had in recent years but for the big duration of romo's career there's been very iffy moves on like trading first round picks for receivers and uh never quite committing to uh, a scheme on defense and going through all the coaches and you know which coaches uh, actually had say whether it be wade phillips or garrett and the whole friction with parcells and hell just getting thrown and on a Monday night with Bill Parcells as your head coach to just get you initiated into the league, you want to talk about just a fascinating ass story. It's Tony Romo. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so it, it does, Linda. You know, I think I've thought back. Uh, I was watching the replay the other day of that bobble snap in Seattle, mm-hmm. and think, what if that didn't happen? Yeah. You know, because you have to wonder, did that put a little bit of something in the back of his head? Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know. I think about some of the plays. What if Patrick Creighton catches that pass? Well, absolutely. What if Dez, obviously? And that was Patrick Creighton's fault. You know, it Pat, was. You know, Patrick Creighton gives up on the route and then looks up, oh, he's throwing the ball to me after all. Uh, so, yeah, there, there were moments like that. And you, and you remember the play against J.J. Uh, Watt where he ducks the sack and spins out and throws the touchdown pass. What about the play when the ball was snapped over his head? Remember that? Against the Rams? He went back about 30 yards and picked it up and ran around. That's this kind of stuff of legend. That's the the difference between him and Roger Staubach. To me, they're the most when people you talk about the two of them, they're the most similar because of their ability to, to avoid improvise. to improvise and, and avoid the the pressure and that kind of thing. And yet, the the differences were, uh, I believe that I do believe that Rogers' teams were better, and and, oh. and I and I and I also believe though that Rogers' personality was much better, and 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 Roger was such a self-effacing guy and such such a great guy. And I'm not saying Tony's not a great guy. We just don't even really know who Tony is. I mean, it was easier to fall in line under Landry back then. Sure, and it, it was. And <laughs> you know, when you have the wild ass structure that the Cowboys have had, Romo sort of just had to feel out how to become a professional. We all remember him with metal school and on the stage. We all remember the Cabo trip and you know, yes. it, it took a while for Romo to become more generic and robotic, but he eventually got there by the end. And yeah. and, and let's, you know, let's also say this that when Roger Staubach played, again, we go back to that era, players and personalities were a different story <laughs> than it is now. And the media access and how you got to know these players and develop relationships was different than it is now. All of that said, also, you know, Roger came from a service academy. You know, there, there's there's a big difference in in those guys who have come out of the service well, but, academy. Well, but you don't go into the service academy and become something. You go into the service academy because that's who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and, so and, and listen. But that's his background. That's what I'm saying. Right. Well, he's, he's a different cat. You know, Roger's, a, Roger's an unbelievable guy. But but the, to me, what you have to remember, too, about the Landry days was that Landry was crazy with quarterbacks. Yeah. He, he would have... Oh, he would uh, alternate them by series, by, play by plays. He would. Uh, he had Craig Morton going back and forth. And of course, they always had really good quarterbacks because they drafted them all the time. Yeah, and they were constantly drafting. And you didn't lose people in free agency. No, you didn't. And so he was constantly going back and forth with these guys. And so, what if Tony Romo had had to play in that kind of atmosphere? As crazy as it has been playing for Jerry Jones. Uh, what if he had to been in that kind of environment? I, I think that n- most people will tell you that that the that the Tony Romo they knew with the Cowboys 
uh, as a as a you know an undrafted free agent, and when he came in and sat for a couple of years, is a much different guy from the Tony Romo who became a starting quarterback. And being the quarterback of America's team is unlike any other position in sports. But I think what a lot of the Romo lovers really connect to is the fact that he's a normal guy. I mean, he's not some statuesque pre- Peyton Manning type, you know, prototype quarterback. He, I mean, you know, we've seen pictures of Eli Manning without a shirt on. I think Romo's in better shape than that, but <laughs> he still has more of a common man, you know, going to a small school, being a, a basically a walk-on in the NFL, going undrafted and the like, and just his ability to help people on the side of the road and give an honest answer in an interview sometime. I really think he connected with common folk, and I'll remember. Certainly certainly he did early on. I think that as he became the face of the but, Cowboys. But, but even later, I, I remember, because one of the perks of my job at the ticket, we as full-timers get to go on one Cowboy trip a year and fly on the team charter. Jerry flies us. We can get the police escort. You cover a game. It's awesome. It's, it, it's one of the coolest things I get to do in this job. I remember I was at the final Cowboy game at the old Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands as they were constructing the new place. And it was late in the year. Dallas lost the game. And, you know, we're putting microphones in faces. And the old Meadowlands locker room was very crowded. And we're in Jason Witten. uh, We're we're, we're surrounding him, rolling on tape. And, you know, he's answering questions. And Witten always very thoughtful. And, you know, he'll take his time. But Romo, good buddies with 82, he lockers right next to him. And this whole gaggle of people are taking up space. I mean, it's not just right in front of Witten's locker. You have to basically get in somebody else's locker to get get your sound bite. I remember Romo was going to get his bag after already dressed, and I'm standing right in the middle of his locker, just wedged in between three other people. And instead of big-timing me, I looked at him with like, oh, crap, sorry. And he's like, totally no, totally fine. Sat there about seven more minutes while Witten answered questions. And then I said, hey, I'm really sorry about that. He said, don't, don't even think about it. I understand you got a job to do. And maybe that's just my own personal story, but forever that sealed – my opinion of what Tony Romo is as a person. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I you know, we always have these influences on who we are and what we think about people because of our personal experiences. I, you know, I. Uh, that's, that's why you quote Bum Phillips all the time. That's right. Ha ha. Uh, is the, the to me the, the 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 lasting legacy of Tony Romo will be uh, what it is right now. There there are people out there who absolutely love him, and there are people out there who just couldn't stand him. And and I, and this but market the pe- and the I, people and I, who don't who can't stand him, Kevin. It's not that they can't stand Ke- Tony Romo. What's the fact that he didn't win? It, it it's a set of numbers. Yeah. That's all it is, and yeah. that's what we have reduced sports to. And in large part, that's on the athletes themselves because they've removed themselves from access and and showing people who they are. And so the only way to know them is to know their numbers and know what their performance is. But. I, I don't see how how a guy who went out there and played this game for 12 years, who who was an undrafted free agent, who won that starting quarterback's job, who 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 did what he needed to do, I, I don't see how you can have anything but admiration for him. He may not be the greatest quarterback in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, and he may not be the greatest quarterback of his era, but he had a very solid NFL career. Um, he he accomplished a lot. Just not a Super Bowl win. And in this market, that's the only gradient. And I don't know how you guys view it, but him having so many detractors and so many avenues for people to detract against somebody's character or performance, I'm rooting for the guy. I really want him to take this opportunity with CBS. I want him to become maybe, I don't, I don't want to say he's going to become Aikman because I think that's that's a really high bar, but I want him to find a very nice niche, become a household name, and add to his legacy beyond his days because I think he deserves that, honestly. I just need to insert one quick. I think... 
we've spent about 38 minutes here talking about Tony Romo, and, and I think today it's been summed up best by the Iron Sheik. We oh. just tweeted, Tony Romo is the real shooter. Phil Sims, you are biggest F jabroni announcer. You are lucky I don't take you to Suplex City Bubba. He added a Bubba so you know it's official. It's the Iron Sheik. It's the Iron Sheik. <laughs> follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter. If you I, learned I anything I, from today's podcast, wow. follow Sheiky. He he may have some CTA <laughs> from his time in the ring, but uh, CTE. Uh, CTE is what I said. You said CTA. I said ZD. He had big that, You got is that your Georgia coming out in you? That's my Georgia. CTA, and it's close to lunchtime. I think we could all could use a nice dish of ZD. But I, I, there you go. I mean, really, does does the Sheik say it as well as anybody? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Sims is a jabroni. Well, whatever that is, uh, you know, uh, I think at least you get a hair upgrade. Phil, you know, and I shouldn't speak, you know, because I've got you know a natural uh, buzz here. It, but uh, Phil's got that cotton candy kind of hair, you know, kind of like a televangelist hair. Wispy. Would people Wispy. freak out if Romo wore a backwards hat during the telecast? <laughs> that might. That would. might do it. You know, it's funny. But you, you know what? Bring that up, because I remember when everybody complained about that. Yes. Remember? That was a huge. Oh my gosh, he's wearing some. his hat backwards. Oh my god! But would like, what if CBS went like completely cash, you know, and it was just like two guys. Hanging out, and Romo did show up, like in a golf shirt or a t-shirt. I'm telling and the you, cat back that is the future of broadcasting. I think by the time my kids are grown, you're not going to see the play-by-play team in suits anymore. I oh, I had this idea of like twenty years, twenty-five years ago. This is before this thing that we. I think the internet's got a future, but my idea was teams should do alternative broadcasts. Well, okay? you're already seeing that with ESPN during the national telecast. But not like that. That This would be the broadcast where you could cuss and you could rip guys <laughs> and, and all of that. Good friend, I, of, my, good friend of mine, my co-host Jake Kemp and his friend TC, they, that's, that's what they do during Cowboys games. They have their own that internet, internet broadcast and it's and there's a lot of cussing. <laughs> but people love it and I think you're right. I think there is a need for that. And uh, I do that with you, Kevin, but you don't cuss. Yeah. Yeah, there's no cussing on this show, I've noticed. No cussing on this show. Oh, but, we've uh, cussed a little bit. Well, I'm sure as you listen to this, new details might come out, and uh, if so, we're sorry, but hopefully you enjoyed the time we spent looking back at the career of Tony Romo, and big breaking news as we record this on a Tuesday is Tones Romes is going to the booth, from what we understand, with CBS, and man. A booth of some type. It may be a studio booth. It may be a broadcast booth. Let's just wait and see. But uh, It's going to be a booth. And, and a phone booth. And I'm sure throughout the offseason, as the Cowboys now have more cap room, with uh, he's going to be a post-June 1 cut, so they're going to get $14 million more to spend. Don't know how much they can do late in the, uh, late in the offseason. The technical, yeah, it would be very late, like right. maybe August, like almost September. But moving forward, they're going to spread out this cap hit over the next two years, $19 Correct. million over the next two years. And uh, you know maybe this will help the uh, future of Dak Prescott, who uh, – is now ab- the absolute unquestioned quarterback of America's team. Absolutely, um, and I, I tip my backwards cap to Tony Romo. <laughs> I, I, I think I, um, I critiqued him. I think early on we were having lunch during his career. I be- and I believe this was at Pepe and Mitos that you and I and the whole group went to lunch. And Tony was, I think he was dating Carrie Underwood at that point in time, and he was four and zero. Troy's the one who dated Carrie Underwood. No, no, no. Troy dated uh, Tony. Dated Carrie Underwood too, didn't he? I think that's right. He also had Jessica Simpson. Um, I, so I don't know if it was <laughs> which, between Carrie, which Jessica we're talking Simpson. legacy. I mean, <laughs> but we have to bring that up. He was dating one of those two, and he was like four and zero as a starter. And I said, look, 
he might as well retire now because the career is not going to get any better than that. Yeah. It, it was pretty good advice, I, I think. You think he should have taken that advice from you? Yes, though? I think he personally should have. Okay. But I remember that because I was very prescient about that. <laughs> Yeah, you are. You're very precious. Precious, too. <laughs> yeah, precious. Well, we're going to have more Cowboy coverage throughout the offseason. I'm sure you might hear David Moore on the Ballsy Podcast and, of course, Evan and Kevin. And big thanks to Barry Horn, who's on the phone today, giving some insight. Barry on, is uh, still talking right yeah, now. Yeah, he probably, he's probably just uh, <laughs> mid-thought 20 minutes so, later after his phone. No, no, no! <laughs> but uh, thanks to everybody listening. I'm Sean Bass. He's Evan Grant. He's Kevin Sherrington. And, uh... Stay tuned. We're also having a Ranger podcast, so download that. It should be right next to the one on your iPhone. So uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.